for a long, long time, all I really wanted was a relationship with a man who loved me perfectly, you know, doesn't exist. Put so much weight in that and in finding that, that uh, years later after, um, you know, going through Celebrate Recovery and tons of like Bible study leaders pouring into me and scripture and just people loving me to truth, um, that I think the scales started to come off and I began to realize like, oh my gosh, I've lived my whole life for what I thought someone else might potentially like about me to keep them around long enough that I could be loved. And, you know, that's really painful way to exist in the world. And and God doesn't want that for us. Welcome to the Swayology Podcast. I'm your host, Ann Watson, and I cannot wait to help you think like a business so you can inspire like a boss. I am a former corporate girl. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur turned business coach, and I'm here to bring you practical advice, inspiration, and motivation as you navigate the wild, wild world of online business and marketing. We are going behind the scenes with successful coaches, creatives, communicators, and entrepreneurs. We're getting real about their stories so you can learn everything you need to in order to love your business and your life. So whether you are working to earn an income or you aim to get your message out there, the Swayology Podcast is going to give you the tools you need to grow your self-worth and your net worth. It's not going to be easy, but I promise you it's going to be worth it. So if you're ready, let's get to it. Hey, hey, welcome to the Swayology Podcast. I am so excited for you to be here today. Today, I am talking to my friend Merit Ansa, who is all about helping women with their identity, their value, and their worth. And I mean, who doesn't need more help in that area, right? But in this conversation, we kind of talk about her backstory, the fact that she didn't even start following the Lord until she was in her 30s, and then figuring out what that God-given purpose was until later in life. And that's something I can relate to in my own story. We talk about how she was working for the man, but kept thinking she would develop her own creativity and do her own thing maybe on weekends, but it just kind of never happened. We talk about how she finally did start doing her own thing, building her own business and discovering that not only does she still feel afraid, but the people that she works with do and people who she sees as more successful than her also still feel afraid because there's part of that that never really goes away. And we even talk about being afraid of that word business, right? Like we want to do something to help people. But when we put the word business on it, it suddenly becomes really intimidating and scary. But we talk about how she kind of made it not intimidating and not scary and where she is now as a result of that obedience. It's such a good conversation. You guys are going to love it. She's got a bunch of resources that she shares. She's got a bunch of wisdom that she shares. I know you're going to identify with all of this. We even talk about why fun is hard. I can't wait for you to hear it. I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's get started with my conversation with Merit Ansa. Okay. Hey, Merit, I am so excited to finally have you on the show. We have been in the same mastermind group together for a little while, and we've been getting to know each other. And I absolutely love what you're doing. Welcome to this Wayology podcast. Thank you, Anne. I'm so excited to be here. I had so much anticipation about getting to do this. So thanks for having me. 
Oh, gosh, my pleasure. I can't wait for everybody to hear about you and what you do. And so with that in mind, why don't we just start with the basics? Tell us a little bit about you and, you know, maybe your family and then what it is that you do. Sure. Yeah. So I am a California transplant living in Colorado, and I have a family um, with two little girls. I'm an older mama, so I have an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. And I just celebrated 53. So do the math. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> um, thanks. And let's see. So we live in a multi-generational home and we're part of a church plant. We love it here. And um, yeah, so my work is really, uh, it's born out of a dream that I've had for a long time um, that started out kind of nebulous. I just listened to your episode about um struggling with your uh, one-liner. So, oh yeah. 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 So I'm going to um, take it, make an effort here. Um, but I help Christian women get clarity on their God-given purpose um, so that they can live from courage and inspiration instead of fear and procrastination. So a little rhyme in there. I um, love it. That, that phrase has been morphing over the years, but my passion just has always been for women um, to step out of like the self-imposed bondage that we sometimes live in so that we can be who God really created us to be. So um, that's what I do. I have a podcast called Devoted Dreamers and my uh, small group coaching program is called the Dreamer Lab. And that's coming up on its first year anniversary here in the summer. And I just love connecting with women and hearing what lights them on fire and helping them pursue that. I love it. I love what you said. Step out of self-imposed bondage. I would love for you to talk just a little bit more about what does that look like? Mm. What does self-imposed bondage look like for just yeah. anyone listening? Well, I may have it turned up high. I'm an Enneagram one. And so I've got that inner critic. Um, but perfectionist. I think, yeah, perfectionist in the best of times, it's process improvement. I can make this better, but it's a lot of, um, what are we saying to ourselves inside our heads and how are we holding back or playing small? Um, it's, I don't think we even often see it as bondage, you know, the, sure. um, the things from our past, the you know, the friend on the playground who were, who told you you were too loud or, um, you know, maybe you shouldn't have this opinion or whatever it is, like somebody in your life or many somebodies or even just yourself um, told you somewhere along the line that um, you didn't have what it takes or that, you know, you should play small, that you should not let who you really are out into the world. Um, because there'd be something to be ashamed of, of that, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, a lot of this stuff is just lies. Um, but I think we fall into that and we repeat those lies over and over again. And all of a sudden, one day we're like, whoa, what if I don't want to live this way? You know, what if I, what if, my, what if there's something more for me than this? So I don't know that length, that language of self-imposed bondage. It just kind of came out of nowhere today. So. No, I get it though. I mean, as soon as you said it, I had a totally different question in mind for you, but then as soon as you said that I sort of resonated with it, but then I thought, why am I resonating with it? So I love that you shared that 
that it's really sort of other people's opinions have wormed their way into our subconscious thoughts and are beginning to control a little bit about what we do or don't do in our lives and keeping us from being the best version of ourselves and doing that thing that God called us to do. So I resonated with that statement. I just wasn't a hundred percent sure why, but that leads me to my next question, which is how did you become passionate about this particular thing? In my experience, most people who begin a business or an adventure along those lines, it has roots in their own story. So I'm just curious about your story. Oh my gosh. Well, it's always longer than we have time for, but always. Um, I started following the Lord when I was 30. And so I had a lot of years living by the world's wisdom. And for a long, long time, all I really wanted was a relationship with a man who loved me perfectly, you know, doesn't exist. Put so much weight in that and in finding that, that uh, years later after, um, you know, going through Celebrate Recovery and tons of like Bible study leaders pouring into me and scripture and just people loving me to truth, um, that I think the scales started to come off and I began to realize like, oh my gosh, I've lived my whole life for what I thought someone else might potentially like about me to keep them around long enough that I could be loved. And, you know, that's really painful way to exist in the world and, and God doesn't want that for us. And so, um, you know, I would say it was the years of, um, peeling those layers away and, um, sitting down with my pastor several years ago. And we had done this leadership course. Um, we were, we're a new church plant and he was kind of raising up different leaders. And he asked us all this question about, I mean, I don't even know how he phrased it, but what drives you? What what impassions you? And I kind of broke down into tears. And all that came to mind for me was like for women to have freedom, for women to be free. Because I learned that I wasn't the only one that struggled like this. You know, you you think I'm the only one until you start to talk about whatever it is that you struggle right, with. Right. And then people come out of the woodwork. And it's a long story, but um, God was working at, you know, healing me first and then allowing me to hear other people's stories and realize like we all need this hope that's not in ourselves or other people. So I love this part of your story, which I don't think I knew we've been in this mastermind together for a while. I don't think I knew this part of your story because I also did not come into relationship with the Lord until I was in my thirties. So came from a very, yeah. Came from a very strong secular background, you know, love me some pop culture and Broadway shows and, you know, <laughs> martinis, you name it. I love it all, <laughs> right. Right? all the things, <laughs> like all the things. And, uh, so it's just interesting to hear you talk about how you didn't come into that relationship, but that there was something in your story that led you to believe that who you were wasn't good enough for someone else that you needed to be perfect in order to please somebody else. And I identify with that too. I was bullied in high school really badly and actually just did a podcast episode with my friend, Rachel Gilbert about this. So if anybody wants to listen to that, they can. And that's my bullying story and my body image story, but it basically 
amounted to me kind of trying to become a little bit of a chameleon so that I could be somebody that people liked. Right. And, yes. it, or at least be somebody that people didn't criticize. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even so much. <laughs> exactly. It wasn't even so much that I wanted to be liked as I wanted to be invisible and therefore not picked on and therefore safe. And so yeah. I just, I identify with your story so much and I'm interested in knowing how you kind of took that story and that passion that you had for women to have freedom and turned it into a business because that seems like a little bit of a leap, right? Like, yeah, we could, we just want to help people be their best selves, but you're like, you know what? I want to do that. And I'm going to, I'm going to monetize it and make it a formal official thing. So tell me about that thought process. Well, like a lot of things, um, I'm not sure it was on purpose. <laughs> I love it. Accidental uh, entrepreneurs are my right, favorite. Right. I know. I listened to one of your other episodes with one of those, but um, goodness. So, so prior to this, I was a freelance writer for about 12 years and that, you know, and some multiple other careers prior to that, but um what was happening in that role, you know, like, oh, let's, let's start a business because I needed to earn an income because I was single and I didn't have a job. So people always told me I could write. So how would I write stuff for people? And it started out like, I just need to pay the rent. And then it became, oh, I I think I actually like this and I might be okay at it. People are actually paying me. And by maybe like eight years into it, I had my most successful like income wise year at that point. And I was exhausted. I was done for. And yet I had this stirring in me to do something with my own creativity. And it was always like, well, maybe on the weekend or, you know, maybe in the evenings I could write a blog or fill in the blank, you know? And that never happened. It it was these little trickles of um, inconsistent efforts that I was never satisfied with. And it, it began to turn into this dissatisfaction with my paid work and in competition with it. And so I began to ask these questions in prayer, I'll probably even you know, not well-defined questions, just like in my mind, these wonderings of like, well, what if there was more time? What if I wasn't giving away my creativity to everybody else and their jobs that they were hiring for, which I was really grateful for, but um, so there was like a, a prayer that went up that was like, okay, so what if these clients went away? And within a matter of months, they actually did start to go away for different reasons. I fired a couple that I just was like, you know what, this is not work that I love or want to continue to do. I went to another client and I was like, hey, if I only worked for you, and then in the back of my mind, and then I'd have space for these other things, I'd be happy. You know, I'd be good with that. And they were like, well, actually we're closing our doors in the next 30 days, oh, you know? No. And so I know, so I started to get these like, oh, ooh, be careful what you pray for because it might actually 
some space might actually come for that. And and at this point now I was married. And so it wasn't fully like, I got to support myself. And my husband was like, go for it. Like, go see what you can figure out. And so in 2016, when I had, I don't even remember, she was probably a year and a half. My oldest child was a year and a half. Um, I decided to start a podcast mainly because I wanted to talk to other women about their experience stepping into bold things. And it was in those conversations where I looked at somebody and thought, she knows what she's doing. She's mm-hmm. got it all together. She has her ducks in a row. Oh my gosh, maybe I could learn something from her. And I would ask them, do you ever still feel afraid? And yes, they all said they still felt afraid. Even people that have like spoken on stages in front of thousands of people are like, yeah, oh yeah, I still have fear. I still struggle. I still have to be on my knees with the Lord. I still you know, don't have it all figured out. And all of a sudden this light bulb came on for me. Like, oh, if only we knew that there's not this like arrival dock where once you get there, you just, it won't be hard anymore. (laughs) You know? Right. It all clicks into place and everything is magical and unicorns and rainbows. Right. And that is like false. (laughs) So false. And so it began to empower me And I realized that like the being in hiding and the thinking everybody else has it all together and we're such a loser and, you know, all of that, like if we could just get that stuff out of our mouths and out of our heads and face the reality that we all are just figuring it out, it could empower us to each one find her thing and contribute to kingdom work. Because I really believe that what God has planted in each one of us is for a purpose. And it's said in scripture, you know, like I, I'm not sure I could believe anything more than that. Like that God made you for a reason. You still are alive on this earth for a reason. And so if there's something that's like bubbling up, like, listen, respond, try it out. And, and so I just wanted to start to empower women to do that. And so a couple of years ago, I still do the podcast, but I was challenged to like, put my own voice out into it. Not always just interview, like, Hey, if you really want to coach women, like call yourself that, you know, or like say, that's what you're doing. So people will be clear that that's what you're doing. And it was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, accidental, but accidental on purpose. We'll say it that way. Right, right, right. It accidental to you totally on purpose in the heavenly realm. Yes. And so, so now you are a coach. Yeah. You do one-on-one stuff. And I was looking at your website. You have an emphasis on imposter syndrome, which I, do. I think is something that's so needed right now. I mean, you hear it a lot. I feel like it's almost like a buzzword, but mm-hmm. the reality is, is that it's there. It's this feeling of who are we to be taking this on? And as I'm listening to your story, you had started a podcast and you were learning from all of these people and you started to build confidence from their stories. The fact that they were still afraid at some point you made this decision. You know what? I'm going to go all in and I'm going to call myself a coach and do the thing. Were you struggling with imposter syndrome at all, or had (laughs) all of that work that you had done up to that point sort of convince you that it wasn't a thing? The honest answer is I still struggle. Yeah. You know, 
I, and I know, like I have taught women like, okay, here's where we can go in scripture for the truth about who you are, about who God is, what he says about you, you know, how he's given you good gifts and he's meant for you to use them. I know all of that. And there are days that I forget. And, you know, even preparing to talk to you today, like the circumstances of our lives, the hormones in our bodies, like the interaction you just had with somebody at the grocery store, all of those things can pour into you and impact how you feel about your identity, your value and your worth in the world. And so, you know, I always have to go back. I mean, I opened up my Bible before we got on this call, like, okay, let's read what God's word says is true. That isn't shifting like the shifting sands. Um, something that I can like plant my feet on and be certain even when something inside of me or the way, the way that I feel or the, even the way that I look today or whatever it is, wants me to waver, wants me to freak out, wants me to show up to a call feeling like an imposter and, you know, I'm going to blow it all. And, you know, right, right. It's a vicious cycle. Um, so it's constant. And I mean, I think that's, you know, um, and celebrate recovery. They always talk about like wounded healers, you know, like we're all, we're all sinners. We were all far from God at one point. And then he saved us and brought us near. And, um, we are not yet in perfection. Like we're not in the heavenly realm with him. We still have to live in this broken world and be faced by just the daily life and the struggles. And so some days are better than others, <laughs> but For um, sure. yeah, it's still a struggle. But you're right. It's all of those things that sort of mix together, those experiences, like you said, the hormones, the temperature outside, the level of allergies in the air, right. whatever it is, right? That affect how you feel, which can then affect how you feel about what uh-huh. you're doing. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, I love that there's an awareness there of that. And, you know, you have mentioned Celebrate Recovery a couple of times, which I am familiar with that program. But just in case there's somebody out there that hasn't heard of it, I know that it's kind of nationwide, it's available nationwide at various churches. Can you just talk a little bit about what that is for somebody who might be interested? Yeah, yeah. I don't think I even intended to show up and talk about it today, but absolutely. So um, it is a biblical 12-step recovery program. And um, when I heard those words the first time, and someone suggested I might go, I was like, well, but I'm not an alcoholic and I don't do drugs. And I, you know, and, right. and it's, it's fabulous. I think, I mean, that's not my experience, so I can't give that witness, but um, it is for any hang up or habit that, you know, is um, keeping you from true intimacy with the Lord. And so, I mean, I literally went and I think I felt this like, oh, I don't really have the right label. I don't know what to say. Enneagram one, if I can't get it right, like I better just not show up. You know, right. All I knew I did, I was crying all the time. And it walks you through, and it was about a year for me, of the 12 steps similar to AA, um, but with God and Jesus as the focus and a scriptural foundation for that. And there are other biblical recovery programs too that are not called Celebrate Recovery that could also be fabulous. Um, but the point is that 
the Lord is the foundation of it, that he is where your strength comes from and that you're not trying to like fix yourself anymore because you realize like, oh, right. That's not my job. Right. Right. Now I, I haven't been through celebrate recovery, but I have been a part of churches that have the program. And I know that it, it, you know, it's so amazing. Like whether you're dealing with alcoholism or like a shopping addiction or a negative thought addiction, any of those things, it just kind of helps you get grounded. And so yeah, I love what a powerful tool that was for you, but also just kind of how you've taken your story and the things that you've been through and turned it around to create something that really does help women get freedom. And I know you're coaching people. I know you have a program. You call it, I think, Devoted Dreamers. Devoted Dreamers is my podcast. That's the podcast. Um, Okay. So the Dreamer Lab is my small group coaching program that is 12 weeks long. And so we hang out with um, other women who have God-shaped dreams is what I call them. Um, or like some people might call it like a divine appointment or a divine prompting, like something that you feel like God has put on your heart to do with your life. Um, so in the dreamer lab, we spend 12 weeks together. We meet every week on zoom and each person comes in with not an enormous goal, but something she thinks she'd like to work on for the next 12 weeks. And then we just pick our way through 12 weeks, three months of um, just connecting, building community, supporting one another. Um, I just think it's the most beautiful thing to see other women talking about their dreams, talking about the struggle, like, oh gosh, I'm feeling really unmotivated today, or this thing happened in my family. I'm not sure how I can keep going. And for the group to come around her and say, okay, here's what I've heard you say all these weeks that we've been meeting about why you want to pursue this dream. Okay. So maybe you need a break this week, or maybe you just need to take a baby step or whatever it is. And and for 12 weeks, we are there in this committed group to help um, build that momentum to keep going. Because I think we have to acknowledge like it's hard to write a book or to start a business or to launch a podcast or whatever your dream is, launch a ministry, do something in your neighborhood. Like it takes energy to lead something. Yeah. And I really believe that in community is the best way for those things to happen. Oh yeah. In fact, the communities that I have been a part of some of the most encouraging women that you can be around and have no competition. Absolutely. Don't mind when you say, this is where I'm struggling. And they're like, Oh, try this or offering resources or help. It's like how I wish every community of women could Mm -hmm. be. So tell me in building your business, what has been the biggest challenge? Do you think for you? Um, Myself. (laughs) Hey, I think that's fair. I think we all tend to get in our own way. You're laughing, but I'm like, yep, I would say that, you know, that's probably the biggest thing for me too. But why do you say yourself? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think initially I went into this really afraid of the word business, you know, and, um, I come from like a higher education, nonprofit background. I think I've kind of always had this like 
you know, like, well, business people are very serious and, you know, you have to have a P&L and, you know, which that's right. also good. Um, not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Um, but I have felt this like internal pushback, probably some imposter syndrome of like, well, but that's just not really me. Um, and I hired a business coach several years ago and it opened my eyes to like how much I really didn't know, even though I had been a freelancer, you know, I had like paid estimated taxes four times a year. You know, I knew about that, but there were a lot of things I didn't know and I didn't know that I didn't know them. And so I think it's like, okay, I, I want to run this thing to help people, but there's also these pieces of being a business owner that I'm still trying to learn at the same time. So I'm like riding a bike and trying to run a marathon at the same time. Sure. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, so you have to pick and choose like, okay, what am I going to focus on for this quarter? Cause I can't do everything at once. So yeah, just my own limitations and my own struggle and imposter syndrome. And yeah. I love that though, because you're so right. When you do get started in a business, it's so tempting to get overwhelmed with all of the things. And that's one of the things that I talk to my clients about is we're not going to do everything today. We're not going to do everything this week. We're not even going to do everything this year. We're going to start by figuring out who you want to serve, the problem that you solve, and a way that you can deliver that to them. And that's just where we start. The rest will come. But letting go of that pressure of having to have it all perfect, which I would imagine as an Enneagram one is not so easy, right? Not so easy. <laughs> but, but letting go of that pressure and just letting yourself get in there and, and muddle around with it and make mistakes. But mostly I feel like have fun with it. Yeah. So, so what's your favorite part of what you do? Oh goodness. Yeah. I heard you say this on another episode too. Like Fun is hard for an Enneagram one. Um, oh, it's hard I... for an Enneagram three. <laughs> like True. Fun, yes. fun is hard. It is. Yeah. I try Maybe to it's hard myself. for everybody. <laughs> no, I try to surround myself with some sevens on occasion. Yes. Um, but I mean, it's a lot of times after the fact, I realize, ooh, I loved doing that. That was really fun. So I really love speaking to groups of women as much as like, the opportunity comes and I resist because I'm like, Oh, I know that's going to be work. It's going to be work, but I love it. Like it is so fun to inspire people to think about their own dreams yeah, and to see them like, just kind of like dip their toe in the water a little bit and then have some sort of reward come from that. Um, whether it's, you know, some answered prayer or somebody comes up and responds to whatever they put out in the world and they get a good feedback. I'm like, ah, it's so fun to see that happen. So I don't know if that's what you were talking about. No, absolutely. I think that that is the most fun. I mean, I get a rush after a client call, you know, when I feel like somebody had a light bulb go on or they, or something clicked for them. And I'm like, that's so cool. I got to be a part of that. And that fun is what keeps me coming back to keep wanting to do it. So I'm always interested in where are people having fun in their business? Because like you said, you know, it, it takes a lot of kind of wrangling your mind to get into this idea that you're going to create a business that you're even going to get paid for it. So many women feel like it's icky to get paid for it, but 
I, I mean, that's a whole different episode I need to create, right? Is why mm-hmm. it's okay to get paid. But to wrap your mind around that, to kind of get over your imposter syndrome, to put yourself out there, to start dipping your toe in the water of your dream. And then you get there. If you're not having fun, you might be doing something wrong. So I am always encouraging my clients. You have got to find the fun and focus on that. You can hire out the rest, but you've got to find the fun, the thing that lights you up inside that keeps you going, keeps you motivated. So Mm -hmm. I love it. I love that you're doing this. I love that you've kind of taken your story. You've turned it into resources for women who are still kind of looking for their story. And I even love that you kind of felt like you didn't find it until a little bit later in life, right? Like I think kids graduating from college think they're supposed to have it all figured out at 21, 22 years old, but I didn't necessarily, you didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's okay. And not only is that okay, but I really hope that that encourages other women out there that, you know, whatever age they are still feel like they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. So I just want to encourage anybody listening that's like that you got to get in touch with Merit because she's going to help you figure this out. Oh, Merit, I, I, I've loved this conversation. Please tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find out more about you so that they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. So the Devoted Dreamers podcast, wherever you find your podcast, I have over 250 episodes that you could choose from. So wow, that's awesome. Um, I know interviews, solo episodes, and um, that's a great way to just kind of get connected with who I am and what my messaging is. Um, obviously, my website is meritonsa.com. And I have um, for the woman who thinks that she might have a dream, that there might be something that she would like to pursue and is kind of tired of like letting that be on the back shelf. Um, I have this quick little um, freebie that I would offer you and it's 17 quick win ideas for just getting started. And um, I even had someone suggest in my audience, like you could just cut them up and put them into a jar and pick one out like every day or every week. And it's like simple things that you could do in five to 15 minutes to just start to dip your toe in the water towards your God-shaped dream. And people can find that at meritonsa.com slash quick win. Oh, I love it. And I'm going to put all of these links in the show notes so people can hopefully click on your website really easily, find that. But yeah, guys, please go check out her website, get that freebie, find her on Instagram or Facebook and send her a message. You guys are going to love her. Merit, thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing your story, for being vulnerable about the imposter syndrome. I just, I really appreciate it. And it's, it's very inspiring to me. I know it will be to others too. Thanks, Anne. There you have it. I hope that you got so much out of this episode. I hope you'll save it. You'll download it. You'll revisit it. You'll take all the notes. And I hope that you're going to share it with people that you know that might benefit from some of this information. Thank you so, so much for listening to the Swayology podcast. You can find all of the links for everything that we talked about today in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and take a screenshot and post about it on your Instagram or your Facebook or wherever you like to post. And then tag me because I will also reshare it. It makes my day when you do that, but really what it does is it helps other people like you find the show and build our community. 
Got comments? I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM on Instagram or head over to my website and shoot me an email. Thanks again for listening. I'm so happy that you're here and so happy to be on this journey with you, both of us together. And I cannot wait to see you next time on the Swayology Podcast.